Hi everyone, welcome to the Quest Podcast. It seems like everyone is wanting to go off into nature and live in a van. It seems popular, it seems fun, it's all over social media, all kinds of people doing it. So today, my guest on the Quest Podcast is Billy Webb, who is doing just that. And she's going to tell us all about van life culture. Life is a quest for logic and reason. It is a quest to find balance between science and faith. Life is a quest for knowledge and understanding. But most importantly, it's a quest for personal discovery. Whatever your quest, knowing yourself is the beginning of all wisdom. Welcome to Quest. Hi everyone, I'm your host, Todd Fisher, and welcome to Season 3 of Quest. A quest is a search for something, and this podcast will show you how we know what we know through interviews with people that have incredible stories of dedication and perseverance. To me, curiosity is part of what makes us human, and there's still so much we don't know. There's joy in discovery. It's what drives us. It's our quest. Hi, Billy. Welcome to the Quest Podcast. Hi, Todd. Thanks for having me. So I'm really uh, interested in uh, today's interview. I am a huge fan of this van life culture. I want to get into it myself. And I've been wanting to get someone who does this traveling around, living in their van, this nomadic lifestyle. I totally uh, love this. And I want to talk to you about it today. You were kind enough to uh, reach me back and, uh, and want to tell your story on here, which I think is, is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm super excited. And a lot of people find it super intriguing. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and it's a mixed bag of things. Some people think, oh, you know, they're homeless living in their van and some people it's like, you know, it's so you get like a, a big, a big mix of it. And I want to set the record straight with you on how people should respect the van lifers and what this is about. Now you're, you're from my home state of Indiana. Yeah. Um, and I'm not, well, gonna... I grew up in uh, yeah. Terre Haute. It's actually like right on the Illinois border. I would say it's kind of, it's a little bit West, Southwest of Indianapolis. So yeah. maybe a little bit closer to you. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, um, we grew up in the Midwest. So Midwest life is Midwest life, but we'll probably touch on that a little bit when we get going on all this, but um, I'm not going to get into too much on how you got into van life culture. There's probably a bunch of places people can get this information on your TikTok page or whatever. Um, but I want to get into just like, let's talk first about what, what are you driving? Give me your van details. What do you have? Yeah, I drive a Chevy G20 1990 so it's about 32 years old and it's still going strong wow wow I know I've seen a lot of vans people have there are people with like hundred thousand dollar sprinter vans there's people there's people that live in their cars live in their pickups it's a million different ways people kind of do this lifestyle tell me what are the bells and whistles in yours I know you have solar panels and a generator what else do you have there's people with baths and kitchens and all kinds of stuff but yours is kind of really scaled down right yeah so it is it has a little bit less space than those sprinters that you were describing and I do know a bunch of people that have sprinters and still don't have you know the showers all decked out completely 
but for mine, I do have electricity. I have the solar panels on the top of the van, and then I have inverters. I have DC power. Um, so I am able to, you know, plug in a fridge. So I have a fridge, but I don't have a sink. I am working on possibly getting one. So that's about as far as it goes. I have a fridge and I have power, but that's all you really need because you have gyms for showering, going to the bathroom. And then obviously you can always go to like grocery stores to use the bathroom and stuff. Sure. Those, and those are some of the most common questions I hear people ask, well, how do you go to the bathroom? How do you shower? You know? And, uh, and, and I think that's what like draws the conclusion of the dirty hippie lifestyle of this that I think some people don't like. Right. Definitely. Yeah. There are some towns that I've been to where they do not like van lifers. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You're 22 years old and you're in college. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And when you travel, do you, because you're in school, are you just doing it like virtually or do you actually attend a brick and mortar college? So I actually started living in the van about a year ago. So, you know, it was COVID, all school was online and some universities have started in person again, but mine being a California school, you know, still kind of in the lockdown, mine has still been online throughout the entire duration of COVID. So (laughs) I think, I'm not sure if I would be in person if I had the option, I'm really not sure. But as of right now, I'm still online. Yeah. And where do you like to go to? Do you have favorite parts of the country you like to visit? I follow some people and they're in Oregon one day, they're in Washington, it seems like a week later, and then they're called, like people drive all, I notice a lot of van life people like to stay in on the West Coast, the Pacific Northwest. I don't see a lot of people driving through Kentucky, but maybe there are. Yeah. Like, what do you like? What do you get into? What's, and do you camp? What do you, what's it like when you're traveling around? Yeah, I do stay in on the west coast for the most part specifically california i haven't been in oregon that much but i do know a lot of my friends who live in vans i probably know about like 25 ish people who live in vans and yeah always the west coast because that's where the weather's nice you know most people who live in vans they there are a few people who have those $125,000 sprinters. Um, they get air conditioning. They can go wherever the heck they want. And that's, you know, that's the goal for van lifers it's to be able to get there. But when you're starting out, especially like younger people, they'll just have like the bare minimum van, you know, just trying to save money, live off the grid a little bit. And they have to stay on the West Coast kind of. Otherwise, you're going to die of heat exhaustion or, you know, sure. everything. Now, when you are parking with your van, are you are you typically finding like parking lots or neighborhoods or are you generally in parks or BLM land or how does that all work or does it vary? Yeah, BLM land is one of my favorite places to go. And I'll describe that a bit because a lot of people, when I tell them about BLM land, they're like Black Lives Matter. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, that is the important <laughs> acronym for BLM. That is the yeah. more important one. But another thing that BLM stands for is Bureau Land Management Land. Yeah. Yeah. So that means the government owns it, but you're allowed to basically camp there for free. And a lot of people live there permanently, which is not technically allowed. Like most BLM land places have a maximum of like two weeks, but they don't get monitored at all. Yeah. So the, I do the know. The BLM cops pass through like once every couple of weeks and they just zip by, you know? Yeah. 
you don't see them often. A lot of BLM land is, you know, they don't want you to be on because it'll be like not really nice dunes that they don't want you to drive your car on. Like there's some areas where they're off limits and certainly trains go through some of that. I would do that out in the Mojave Desert in California myself. And, yeah. Um, so, you know, there's some of that out there and a lot, and a lot of it is actually leased out. So farmers have, um, you know, ranchers have, you know, cattle out there and sheep and stuff like that. But, uh, but everything you're saying about BLM and being able to go out into it is absolutely right. Yeah. Um, but yeah. What, what about, uh, what about neighborhood parking? You have are bound to have done that the, or the Home Depot parking lot. Do you ever have problems there? Are you ever, is it, have you ever felt unwelcome in any of these places? You know, I actually maybe feel the safest when I'm alone. I feel the safest when I'm in parking lots, actually. I don't tend to go on, although I do love BLM land, I don't tend to go on it when I'm alone as much. I love being there with friends who have their own vans and just like making a little van circle. It's my favorite thing in the world, but I feel the safest for some reason in towns, in parking yeah. lots, you know, Walmarts, Home Depots, wherever I can park and there's not security. Sure. But, and you do travel alone, right? When you're not with a caravan, you, you're a single traveler? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever, does that, does that scare you at all to, to be alone and be traveling? Mm, I don't think it scares me that much. I have had a few weird experiences, kind of creepy sometimes, but I, I know how to handle myself. I know that I do have ways to protect myself, which I'm not going to go into too much discussion on that. It gets kind of controversial, yeah. but, um, and I, I have a good radar for, people I think sure what tell me your best and worst story from the road my best story Ugh. has there been something that you've seen or done that was like this is this makes it all worth it and then you must have a horror story from the road either with people or issues where you stranded somewhere give me something good on the best and worst part of this yeah isn't it so sad that the horror stories stick out like <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> it's true oh. people tend to remember the traumatic things don't they right <laughs> yeah I know my favorite place has been Zion National Park that is one of the most beautiful places that I've ever been to in the United States of course I haven't traveled out of the United States much but wow Utah a lot of people underestimate Utah and I was one of de I was definitely one of those people I know I've never been and I you know I hear that everyone tells me Zion that's the place to go like and I'm like, all right, well, I'll put that on my list. Yeah. And then not far away from it, um, I think it's Capitol Reef National Park, maybe an hour and a half away. It's supposed to be one of the best places in the United States to see the stars, night sky. Yeah. Yeah. So I make remember. Sure to, yeah. Make sure to keep that one on your list. I remember I went out and I, would, I camped out in the Mojave Desert. Uh, I used to go out there a lot and I had, you know, like quads and ATCs and stuff. And me and a friends would go out there and, and camp out. And it, we went out to the spot where the Eagles used to record their music. Wow. And, uh, and when you're out there, it's well, here's what's really interesting. I don't think a lot of people don't get this, but you'll understand it because you grew up in Indiana, like in Indiana, when you camp, you hear everything, you hear nature, there's crickets, like there's you hear things moving through the grass, like it's, yep. it's actually nature's noisy in Indiana. But when you're out in the desert, it's so quiet, it's almost overwhelming to you. You know, yeah, it can be scary. 
it is it's very odd there's no, nothing no sounds and then you look around and the stars are just everywhere and then you realize why they wrote songs like peaceful easy feeling because you know <laughs> it was this is the world that they had put themselves in and i think it's really brilliant and really really neat really interesting but for people that aren't campers or or go out and do this stuff it, it's very different in the midwest and in, in how you camp and what you almost hear the humidity you hear mosquitoes like you hear every little thing is you know it's crazy the difference it's very different i actually do miss camping in indiana sometimes do you uh do you think you'll ever drive back that way and make a big uh excursion through colorado or kansas or oklahoma go through indiana kentucky the southeast is that on the radar or are you kind of tired of that area you know i've actually been to all of the southern states um in in all parts of the united states any state that is southern i have been to it with my van and i've even been to uh, tennessee and indiana to visit my family last winter in my van when it was cool and i have heat in my van so i can drive in the cold but i don't really like driving away from california in the winter sure. but i've never been to you know wyoming to see yellowstone or colorado even i've never been to uh, what's another one? Montana to see Glacier National Park. That's another uh, one that I really would love to go to. But my van is so old that I am, I get kind of nervous driving it on mountains and places where, you know, the transmission could be damaged. Right, right. So, yeah, definitely those... a goal of mine is to get a larger, <laughs> like a more reliable van at some point. And then I would love to be able to see all of those places. California is an interesting state because it's almost like three different states, Northern California, oh, Middle California, Southern California, all uniquely different, right? And at least in my experience living out there, I liked Southern California. I needed palm trees and beach and sand, you know, that was California to me. Um, but there's beautiful terrain all the way through it. And Colorado is interesting too, because of just the varied terrain that's in it. And it's really cool. You can have desert, you, you know, it's the gateway to the West in a way. So, you, you know, there's just so much you can be in sand and you can be in snow in six hours difference in time like it's, yeah it's amazing wow. what you can really do there and where the southern states is kind of what you see is what you get you know it's and there are geographic features that are really cool but in the south you're kind of in the south and it's just really kind of all the same brown where you do get some really cool uh, terrain and different things to do. And, and also people, I think people is a great component of all this too, who you get to meet. Yeah, the culture is so different everywhere. I've definitely met van lifers that were reclusive, that did not want to be around people, you know? I get that, right? Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but there's, there's a lot of different people. reasons that, yeah, there are a lot of different reasons that people live in vans. <laughs> do you feel there's a spiritual component to living a nomadic lifestyle? Yeah, I actually do. I feel like you become much more grateful for every small thing in life. You you don't take things for granted as much, whether it's food, water, you know, washing your hands, like you become more connected to just everything around you as well. Do you feel there's a connection to nature more in the van life culture? Yeah, I mean, the walls are thinner. It's just a sheet of metal. You're you're right there. You're right outside. Um 
you when you're in a house you have like the walls you can't hear the outside world but when you're in a van you hear everything you can hear especially being in a parking lot I hear people walking around me like around my van I (laughs) I have definitely become a much lighter sleeper since living in my van I wake up to any little noise but yeah it's basically like living outside Billy has some great uh, TikTok videos of experiences with people showing up at her van and <laughs> knocking on the door and all kinds of stuff. So definitely check those out because it's, they're 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 very interesting. Um, you know, I think it's an interesting dynamic. You know, I I, I like the idea that people, in a way, kind of are kind of off the grid and unplug from kind of the matrix that's life when you live in the van life culture, but so many of these van lifers have become kind of YouTube famous and TikTok famous. How do you balance being sucked into the social media world versus still being grounded to, to nature and the real world out there? What's your secret yeah. to that? I'm so glad you asked this. Cause this is a question that I ask myself almost daily. <laughs> um, I so a lot of the people that I've met that are also van lifers, I've actually met through social media. So as you mentioned, I have like a large TikTok following. And then naturally, I connect with other people on TikTok who are also van lifers and just other TikTokers in general as well. So I know one person who has just like changed their life completely and become a van lifer. And then it kind of almost seemed like they didn't really like they were almost just doing it for social media. And, you know, you never know there are a lot of things that people do just for social media. So that's not like super surprising, but like there are a lot of different things about van life that are hard for normal people, especially if you don't have like the sprinter, like all of the the toilet in your van and everything. So it's kind of hard for like people who aren't ready for that to face it. And if you're doing it for just social media, it's going to be much, much harder. Right, right. Wow. Yeah. And, and you probably balance your time. I mean, certainly you're shooting videos that have to go up and to maintain, you know, the momentum you have on TikTok, you must this in a way that's probably kind of like a part-time job. Is that accurate to say maybe? Uh, yeah, I would definitely say that it is one of the, probably tied st- for my main source of income at this point. Yeah. I babysit sometimes I house sit, but I also like do like social media sponsorships for money and stuff as well but I also do take like occasional three-month breaks from all social media including TikTok and I've done two of those in the past year so that's half of a year collectively yeah to detox from it right yeah because it can be it can be a lot because it must have started as a hobby in the beginning I mean there was a time when you had 12 people following you right (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Um, I actually gained my TikTok following from being homeless, not from living a van life. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I want to talk about, so, you know, I don't want to get into to, to that part. I want to move on to something else, but what do you, to me, it seems like van life is becoming kind of a new craze almost in a way. What yeah, it's definitely becoming trendy. That? Like I get that people it is many times are homeless and a resort to living in a van. This is an age old thing, right? As long as vans have been around, you've always heard the guy in the van down by the river story, but it's yeah, some Chris point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. And, um, 
and, and in the, you know, in the seventies, there were these awesome, like luxury vans that were made that people would vacation in and you could sleep in them. There were beds in them. Like there, this has kind of been around, but today we live in such a weird world where economically it's tough for people. Like I, I follow one group, like Court and Nate on TikTok that are just, oh, they're they, so awesome. Yeah. They're, they, they're so great. Nice. They show so much cool stuff on there, what they do. And, and, um, and, and, you know, they just were tired of apartment living and paying out the rent. And they're like, hey, let's do this. And it was like, it's really cool, you know? <laughs> and it's, so I see that too, people economically wanting to save money. And I see people that are wanting to get out there and kind of find themselves in life. And then, you know, COVID really hurt people in a way. And I think a lot of people wanted, wanted to check out just because of that and, um, and get out on the road and be isolated from people just for the sake of no, for a while there, no one knew if every human being would die on earth because of this thing. Right. Like why not go out to Wyoming in a van and stay away from as many contagious people as you can. So, so do you think this is a craze? Will this end? Will this, will this trend die out on its own because people will just be tired of living in vans in say 2025 and we won't see this as much or do you think this is here to stay that this kind of rv lifestyle for young people is going to catch on more yeah well uh i don't you know i'm not a psychic but i do have a feeling that it's going to become more popular before it gets less popular yeah um i i hear things a lot which you know they're not necessarily the most reliable sources but I do hear things from people saying oh there's a documentary coming up on van life Uh, my friend is hearing something about a reality show so yeah I think because of the fact that it's become so popular I think even more like powerful people in the media are trying to take advantage of that and if they do then I do think it will become more popular yeah there, and you're absolutely right. I've heard those same rumors. I heard a really uh, pretty accurate one recently about uh, kind of a, a famous uh, female that travels the world who wants to just do like a year long uh, documentary of her going around the country. And that'll, yeah. and she's so popular, she'll probably get a TV deal if she hasn't already. So I think we are going to see this more. Um, so yeah, and that will probably make things more popular. There's already a wait on getting a Sprinter van. Like you, if you want to oh, get wow. one tomorrow, you're not going to get one. They can't deliver them fast enough. So, you know, there's just certain groups of people that are buying Sprinter vans. There's a lot of companies that buy those. They're transportation vans for sure. But there's a wait on getting vans customized with people that do them and just, you know, getting what you want. I think one of the things that'll be really interesting and really in, very curious about this, uh, next year will be the first electric fully electric cargo van and i think ford is putting it out and i can't remember what it's called right now it was on the tip of my tongue i'll probably remember it by the time but i'm wondering if we're finally going to see a time frame where this is absolutely green in a way like your solar power will literally just be able to keep you driving indefinitely you know i think it'll be cool to see that would be very awesome and that's actually one of the things that I get hated on a lot it's like oh wow thanks for putting so much carbon emissions into the air with your diesel van which it's not actually diesel but yeah yeah a lot of people are not a big fan of that because you can't really you know and there's this interesting it's always this funny joke about like the Teslas about when you run out of 
when you run out of electricity, when you run out of battery life in your Tesla, how do you get to where you need to go to charge? And people will carry a, a generator, a gas powered generator, and you can convert from the generator to power your Tesla and you can give it enough juice to get far enough down the road to where you can actually plug it up. So yeah, even you know, the thank you for answering that question still, for me. <laughs> still rely on a gas powered generator to be able to get them to run. So it's re really interesting about that. Now, I don't know if you can generate enough solar power, you know, over a long enough time to charge your vehicle while you're camp, but it's possible. It'll be very interesting to see what the van lifers do when that, when that Ford van comes out. Definitely. I'm very excited to see that. I will not be one of the people who purchases the first uh, solar power vans, but I would love to see, like, watch someone who does. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I've, I've been like trying to, I've been laying out like my dream van, what I would want in it. And I, I watch all these pages and I go, I really like what they did there. And I like what they did there. And I like poach all the best parts of what they've done. But you know, you can, those, any van really, you can generate an incredible amount of electricity. You can definitely have an overage of it. These are alternator can power, a single alternator in a van can power two batteries. And one of those batteries, your alternate battery, can power a significant amount of, of, of electronics or security systems or alarm or lights or whatever you want in your van just on its own. That's not even yeah, counting and then your the solar, solar system. Yeah. yeah. In your solar system, you can have a high wattage system that actually can, you know, take care of you for days, potentially. Definitely. That's, and that can be your water heater. That can be all kinds of things. Almost anything you can, you can almost do anything electrical in the van. You could electrically cook, you could electrically heat your water, um, have a water pump. All that stuff can be done on electricity. Although I think propane is a, is a close second. Um, but, you know, and a lot yeah. of people use propane to cook with and heat with and stuff, but, you know, you are putting something explosive in your van. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, right. I actually also use propane when I use my larger camping stove. I also have like a smaller backpacking stove that I use more often, but I do have both. Do you find when you go to a location to camp, like I, I saw some of your videos earlier today where you were with your caravan of people and you were out in the desert and it was really pretty cool. And um, actually what it was, was it was the, um, it was, uh, it was the, it was the parody. It was the full house parody, right? Wasn't that what it was? Oh, was that the video yes. that you put up and it, it, everyone's showed up in the credits. It was really, what did they, what was it called? Was it, um, what did they call it? Was it, it wasn't, was it full van? Is that what you, with the full vans? Full yep. van yep. was hilarious yeah. to watch. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and I, I was, so when you go to a location like that, are you sleeping in your van or do you take a tent and you often, you know, do you hike and go someplace or are you always in your van? Yeah, we actually all sleep in our vans when we caravan like that because, you know, we have our houses right there. It's actually really fun, though, to be able to sleep like with the doors open and you can just like pop out and say hi to anybody. It's kind of the same as tent camping. Yeah, yeah. I often wondered that if, you know, if people would go to a location and then want to just kind of unplug from the van for a while and then, you know, set up a tent and sleep and build a campfire and stuff. I imagine there are people that do that. Yeah, I'm sure there are. For me personally, though, it's like, it's almost like having to pack up all your stuff from your house and go on a vacation. It's just like almost camping out of your house because you have all of your stuff in one place and then you have to find it all and put it all in a bag together. 
So it is fun. I do like doing that, but it is almost just the same because you're still gathering all of your stuff from your house and you still have to put it all away when you get back in your house, your van. Yeah. Sure. How do you respond to people that look down on you for wanting to live off the grid like this? Um, I always have the same response and and that is that it's not necessarily like it wasn't my choice, but it would have been okay if it was my choice because it's my life and I can do what I want with it and it's not really affecting other people. If a person wants to get started living like this, what kind of advice can you give? My most important advice that I always give to people when they ask me that question is make sure you have planned and planned and planned so far in advance for everything that you're going to need. If you're buying an already converted van, that is probably the best possible thing you can do because, you know, you'll, you probably already have the money and you're not going to really have to plan as much, but um, you have to plan for every possible scenario. Like, especially if you're not going to have a shower in your van, you need to get the gym membership. If you're, you need to figure out if you're going to have a refrigerator, what type of food you're going to be able to get, how far are you going to drive? How much money are you going to need for gas? And do you have an online job? You'd know there are so many different, I watched probably, uh, 20 hours of YouTube videos before I even purchased my van. And then I still had so many things to figure out after purchasing it. It was crazy. I was like, wow, I'm going to be, I'm going to have a master's degree in van life. <laughs> That's right. You will. So you must've picked the van because you want to kind of build it out because you could have just had a car and lived in a car, right? Is that why yeah, you chose the van? And that's actually what I was doing before van life. I was living out of my car. Yeah. Yeah. So you, so you upgraded with twice the square footage now, right? <laughs> Definitely. And it was the best upgrade ever. Do you have an animal with you in the van? No, I, I don't really plan on getting an animal. And that's not because I think it's wrong to have an animal in a van. There are plenty of people that are against van life pets. And some of them are even van lifers that I've talked to. But I don't really see what's wrong with it. I think if anything, if the van lifer is living out like court and Nate, you know, they have a dog. I think that that is completely fine. They let their dog roam so much more than so many house dogs do. Yeah. But yeah, I don't really want to have a pet because of like just the responsibility, the same reason that I don't really want a kid right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's true. That's true. I feel the exact same way, honestly. Um, it, it's interesting because I see any of the, like, I won't say all of them, but like a lot of female van lifers that I follow out there on Instagram, TikTok, what have you, many of them have pets with them. And I don't know if it's necessarily for security or just for loneliness or whatever, but I often wonder, you know, how much more difficult van life would be by having an animal in the van. And, uh, and it, you know, so it's like a toss up for me. I'm an animal lover, but I don't know if I'd want to take an animal in my van with me, you know, for, yeah. you know, damage and upkeep and, you know, will they be able to roam? Do you have an obedient pet? You know, like yeah, some people that have cats in their van, it's really odd to me to think about that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, do you ever, do you ever find yourself lonely in van life or you're, are you're always a Netflix movie away or social media away from connecting with people? Yeah, I get the lonely question also very often. And I always respond the same way. It's like, if I lived in an apartment by myself, people wouldn't necessarily be asking me the same question. But I think that 
whether someone gets lonely in a van or, you know, even in an apartment by themselves really has to do with their own personality and how they function. You know, what is their attachment style to other people? For me, I really am just like, I am more productive when I'm alone. I feel like I get so much more stuff done and off of my checklist, you know, so I feel better when I'm alone. Do I still like miss other people? Definitely. Yeah. And I do miss socialization. And then I'll just, you know, text a friend or if I'm not in somewhere where I know, if I'm not in an area where I know people, then I'll just go to the grocery store or something. You know, it's just nice to be around people sometimes. But other than that, I really don't get that lonely. Sure. What do you hope to to get out of your years you put into van life? Like, I guess right now there's no way to tell how much longer you'll want to do this. And what do you hope to achieve from it? Is it is it just a matter of survival right now and having a roof over your head? Or are you wanting, is there a bigger plan here? What's, where do you want to be in five or 10 years? What's the goal for you? If I am able to afford a nicer van with more luxuries, then I would, I would love to live in a van for longer. But the way that my van is set up right now, and I'm actually going to be making a TikTok video on this question very soon, is... I don't have like the luxuries of air conditioning and heat, like, or heat unless my van is on anyway, um, showering, toilets and all of that. So I don't see myself living in a van longer than I am in college, which is going to be another two years at this point. Um, I would love to get my degree and then maybe figure out my life a bit more. It's just, it can be kind of miserable sometimes when you don't have the right setup and it, you know, I actually had to go to the hospital for heat exhaustion about three weeks ago. So wow. that wasn't the greatest. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Do you, do you feel like if you were in an apartment next week, would you feel caged being in the apartment? Yeah, I actually do feel like I would be, which is kind of a contradiction to the question that I just answered. Well, I'm, that's what I love to like pose different because I it didn't occur to me until you were talking. You know, that how can yeah. you, you know, it's like an animal that's been roaming free and all of a sudden you domesticate it. Is the animal miserable? You know, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, would you be like, would you, I guess eventually you would adapt to having a home or an apartment and be fine with that in a backyard or whatever. But I kind of feel like I would feel caged in, even if I had a backyard, I'd still feel like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of roped into this. Right. You know what, now that you put it like that, like with adapting, I do have an answer to that question. And I've talked to many of my other van life friends about this as well, about how hard it is the first two weeks or so of living in a van. The, ad the adapting like process is so much more difficult than actually like once you get the hang of it and once you start to live for a while. And recently I was like, converting my van a little bit more it had like carpet on the walls it was kind of moldy and gross um so I was you know putting wooden panels cleaning it out and everything so I was staying in a friend's house for a couple weeks while I was doing that and then when I moved back into my van I was like van life sucks also I had a heat then I had a heat exhaustion like the same exact oh. week so that didn't help wow. but yeah I think it's now it's so much better I think it's literally just like the adapting whether you're adapting to living in a house or living in a van just like two weeks then you get the hang of your life and then you love it whatever it is yeah there's a great uh, book out that's called the three-day reset and it's a it would it was a scientific study about 
how you can take people out of the city into nature and how long it actually takes them to adapt. That The human body is made to kind of rebel against the environment you're thrown in until it can adapt. And there's actually an amount of hours that humans need to fully reset from things. And the three-day reset book actually evolved into other research later on that talked about it's the same way with a, a traumatic situation. Whether it's an argument or a car crash or whatever it might be, you kind of suffer with it for about 72 hours. And then you wake oh, up wow. on that fourth day and you're like, you know what? I feel pretty good now. It bothered you. It stressed you, gave you anxiety for three days, and then you're out of it. Then it's a process mechanism that your, that your mind and your body has. So when you take people, what they would do is they would take people, the study group, they would take them out of Manhattan, take them into upstate New York, put them in, you know, basically the wilderness and they would take away their phones. They took away all their electronics, you know, all music, everything. Right. And they were like freaking out. Like the first day they can't check their emails and everyone's writing diaries and, you know, having to talk about what they're going through. And by the third day, they're acclimated to their new world and they're not talking about I don't need to make that call now. They're che they've checked into nature. It's really fascinating, you know. Wow. So I think we yeah. all experience that. So whether you're in the apartment or the van or whatever, you eventually get acclimated. That's just the way we're we're built. Yeah, I would love to read that. The three day reset. I think that would describe what I just was explaining so perfectly. I think that's very correlated. And the uh, the author actually did an audio book of it too, which is actually a little bit better because uh, through it she's recording a journal while she's performing the study and she interviews some of the people that were part of the study. And it was really interesting to hear some of these people like freaking out in day one and day two and then how they slowly adjust. And she asked them a lot of questions and asked them where they're at and how they're feeling. And, and, uh, and it's, a, it's, it's very, very fascinating. Um, Billy, this has been great. I hope you, en you enjoyed the podcast. I hope you come back and tell more stories from the road because I think this whole thing is really uh, really very interesting. And it's, you know, it's perseverance, it's survival, it's nature, it, it can be fun, it can be camaraderie with other people. There's a whole uh, world of elements that encompass this and the reasons why people do it. And you're, you're one character in that world of, of van lifers that I've gotten to talk to. I yeah, appreciate that. Thank you so much. I would love to come back anytime. How can people find you out there in the interwebs? I know I follow you on TikTok and on Instagram. Are you in other places? Where should people um, go? I am not. I, I guess I'm on Twitter. I'm not super active on Twitter, but I am pretty active on TikTok. I don't have, a, there. there's no way to reach me on TikTok except for maybe making a public comment, which I might see or might not. Um, I do check my Instagram requests, my DM requests. Yeah. Um, which is how you got a hold of me. So yeah. yeah, I do check those so people can get a hold of me there if they have any questions about van life. I do try to answer questions that are about van life. I don't always answer the haze, but right. I, I do answer van life questions. I love to, like helping people with that. Well, Billy, this has, been, uh, this has been a lot of fun. I really appreciate you coming on and uh, we'll talk soon, okay? Yeah, thanks so much, Todd. Take care, bye-bye. Bye. And there you have it, my interview with Billy Webb. Hope you enjoyed it. I can't wait to go out and get a van.
Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please be sure to rate and review this episode. This podcast is produced by Todd Fisher and distributed by Metacortex Publishing. This podcast is copyright. Any previously trademarked or copyright content is used by permission. Information and opinions stated in this podcast should not be construed as medical advice. Please be sure to visit the official website for the International Association of Metatomics at metatomics.org or find us on social media for other unique content.